Welcome to the Leadership Now podcast with Dr. Aaron Rock, lead pastor of Harvest Bible Church in Windsor, Ontario. On this show, we talk about the nuts and bolts of theology, church life, cultural issues, pastoral leadership, ethics, and other relevant matters that will help you to lead better now. I'm your host, Chris Yeoman, and today we're going to talk about an especially relevant matter. We're going to talk about what Pastor Aaron here has witnessed at the Ottawa Trucker Convoy. As many of you are aware, this is a internationally known event at this point. Uh, and Aaron is just in back in Windsor after spending three days in Ottawa at this trucker convoy protest. And so what we thought we'd do in this podcast is he's going to share his official report with us about what he saw and also, importantly, how we can participate. And so first... Just would love to know, Aaron, how was your trip there and back? Some details like, hey, where'd you stay? Where'd you park? I know that's an issue a lot of people are wondering about. Uh, I know many people want to go up and have been asking very practical questions like this. So, Yeah, well, thanks, Chris. Yeah, so it's pretty exciting. So we were there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm fairly sure at this point I'll probably go back next week, but I needed to get back home here and pastor my church and Make sure you were behaving. Check in. So yeah, it was a great time. So yeah, just very practically, it's it's about a seven and a half to eight hour trip from Windsor for us, and the trip up went really smooth. Uh, I went with one of my brothers. He lettered up his truck. We got some people honking at us and whatnot on the way up. So that was kind of kind of fun. And uh, actually, it was really simple. Like we we rented an Airbnb. That was no problem. It was really reasonably priced. Uh, we parked in a, in a parking lot about six blocks from the parliament building. It's like 11 bucks a day, so it's pretty cheap. Oh, wow. It was no problem to get in and out. Um, the uh, the streets were incredibly clean. There's a massive, massive police presence there. Like I'm talking, <laughs> I don't even know how, how many, but hundreds and hundreds of cops. And then there's firefighters there sort of dressed in police-looking attire. There's... Um, uh, paramedics, there's little paramedic carts around, but they're all incredibly bored. Like there's really <laughs> nothing for them to do. They're standing around in groups of six to 10. Everyone's being kind. Everyone's sort of behaving. Um, in terms of food, there's tons of food. Like people are bringing in food. There's tables of food up and down the streets. Anybody who wants it, street people, visitors, truckers, they're, they're being overwhelmed with food. I was uh, in a few of the vehicles talking to to uh, people that are in the convoy and, and are staying there permanently. And you know, you're, you're hanging out with them for a half an hour or whatever in the cab and there's just constant knocks on the door. Hey, you want coffee? You want cookies? You want food? They're like, no, we're, we're full. <laughs> the biggest problem is toilets. There's, uh, they've um, had problems with outhouses. So like there's kind of a main uh convoy of trucks like right in front of the parliament building sort of from the uh, uh the supreme court building uh over past uh, what do they call that big hotel there the big hotel um to the right of parliament buildings that's kind of where th- there's a whole bunch bunch of trucks there mm-hmm. and um but if you go down past the court building so that what they do is just so people understand the the it's not one big convoy so they they might have like 100 trucks or 50 trucks or 30 trucks in one area. And then the police block either end with giant snow plows with police vehicles. And then there'd be like a gap of maybe several hundred meters or maybe even a kilometer. And then you'll, you'll bump into several more trucks. Mm. So if you kind of go down past the 
Supreme Court, there's an area of about a kilometer where they've blocked it all off. So there's nothing there, like there's no vehicles whatsoever. And then you hit another part of the convoy and then they have outhouses down there. Um, people, some restaurants in the area have, have opened up their uh, restaurants. If you go there, and I know this is especially scary for women, <laughs> just sort of <laughs> yeah. ask around um, and uh, you'll sort of find out where where the toilets are. I know this is kind of a weird thing to address in a podcast, but hey, it's, it's a practical it's, consideration. It's a, pra- it's a practical consideration for people. But um, yeah, there's, there's lots of food. We didn't find lodgings difficult. Of course, we were there during the week. So I think there's a big, big crowd. There was a big, a much bigger crowd uh, on the weekend. And there's probably going to be a much bigger crowd this weekend. So, you know, young guys that have pliable backs, they sleep in their trucks, yeah. just keep them running. I saw some people with piles of blankets sleeping in the back of pickup trucks. Like um, out in the snow, like no yeah. cover or anything. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, like they were, they were, they were yeah. sleeping in their trucks, but they yeah. had like multiple comforters okay, on them. Yeah. And then, uh, but I don't know of anybody that had problem finding lodgings. I never heard of that. Hmm. We, we, we rented an Airbnb. It was like a three bedroom apartment with three queen beds, um, about maybe eight or nine minutes mm-hmm. from the downtown. It was like 150 bucks or something like that. And then, uh, so there's there's no problem with food. There's no problem with uh, uh, parking. Again, mm-hmm. on the weekends, it's going to be a little bit more full, but it was, it was a pretty exciting time overall. Well, that's good. And with the Airbnb, nobody was uh, like, were they asking you why you're coming to Ottawa no, or nothing? No, we no. had the letter truck there. No one bothered us. Now, um, the way back was pretty hairy. We saw five semi-trucks in the ditch because we oh, wow. came back late last night in the snowstorm. Yep. Only about three passenger vehicles, but the the uh, I guess those truckers probably should have been in the convoy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, no, that was definitely, we were glad. I was, I was actually surprised to see you this morning back in the office because I thought to myself, that's going to be a long drive yeah. home. So <laughs> We but, actually brought three, uh, three guys that we met up there that live in Essex County back with us. Oh, cool. Because they actually drove up in the main convoy, so they got to tell us their story. They're coming back to hang out with their family for a few days. So there's people kind of going back and forth. Yeah, very good. Well, uh, you know as well as I do, if you've turned on the news at all, that there's been some very disturbing coverage of this event by legacy media companies, by the prime minister himself, and even members of the Ottawa City Council. Can you highlight some of those and explain them? Yeah, so I've all, I've always known, like I've maintained for two years now that fundamentally we're not fighting a virus, we're fighting culture wars, we're fighting against ideologies, but Chris, I'm telling you, I could put my hand in a Bible if I wanted to, I'm telling the whole, the whole truth here. What the media has said is almost entirely lies. Now, when I say the media, I mean the legacy media, the mm-hmm. mainstream media, like it's actually shocking I'm there, I'm hearing and seeing tweets and reports from the prime minister and legacy news inter- like promoting a certain narrative. And you're looking around, you're thinking, are you in a different Ottawa? Like, are you in a different pro? What, what are you talking about? Like, it's, it's so, it, it's terrible. The, mm-hmm. the lies that the mainstream media are putting out there, the truckers, they, they couldn't be more cooperative at this point. They're, these guys have driven, some of them, thousands of kilometers. And by the way, there's not just trucks there. There's like, there's pickup trucks, there's cars, there's 
people tenting on 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 the side of the road, like these mm-hmm. winterized tents with heaters. There's uh, um, obviously people staying with family and friends, and it's incredibly peaceful. Literally, the police are bored of their minds. You can look at them. You see them like scratching snow off the edges of buildings. They're just kind of looking around. They're playing on their phones. They're sitting in their cruisers. They're doing nothing mm-hmm. because people are so well-behaved. Mm-hmm. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if in groups of thousands of people, if maybe late at night, someone stumbles down the street drunk. Like I didn't see that, but obviously when you have the equivalent of a small town of people meeting, you're going to have things that police have to deal with. But um, I don't know why they've done it. I think it's a little unfair, but what the police have done is they have blocked off the convoys into different sections. So they're sort of all spread out. So when you go there, I don't don't even know how many trucks there are. I would say there's maybe a hundred out front of parliament. Then I know there's about 40 or 50 down the road. And then there's all the little side streets. There's probably groups of, you know, 20, 25, 30 down there. And then I saw some maps where apparently they're they're on highways outside the city. There's giant parking lots. I don't know. There's 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 hundreds of vehicles. I don't know if there's thousands or not. I really have no idea. I didn't see all of that. But the atmosphere, I would say people are very resolved. Mm-hmm. Like I talked to guys who said, I'll, I'll bankrupt my company. I'm not going anywhere. Wow. I, I refuse. I'm not leaving here until it ends. So I heard that. There's lots of food. There's lots of signs. People are camping out. It's kind of like a giant camp out. I, that's how I would kind of describe it. There's dance parties on the streets at different times. It's really noisy because they kind of go in these waves of honking the horns, honking the horns, and then they sort of chill out for a bit and then they honk the horns again. Um, there's, I saw a street hockey game out front of the Supreme Court, just a bunch of guys playing street hockey. The um, Ottawa has never been so clean. I, I don't think, I think I saw one candy wrapper or something like that in a snowbank once in my three days there. Wow. There's not a piece of garbage on the streets. The truckers bought, um, bought a whole bunch of snow shovels. There, If you kind of come up from the downtown core, it's kind of a hill, right? Yeah. So you see guys like walking up the hill with 250-pound bags of salt on each of their shoulders to salt the sidewalks for the city. Wow. <laughs> they're bringing in, like you see two or three snow shovels, brand new snow shovels. You can tell they were just bought sitting in front of different semis. They're planning on clearing all the snow for the, for the, for the uh, city. Yeah. Um, so they're being very, very cooperative. And um, it is noisy. Like it's, if you're going up there and you think you're going to hold a church service, like just out in the public, you better find a side street because you can you can hardly hear anything. <laughs> Did you like put earmuffs on to like kind of block out the sound? Like, no, my brother Nate was saying, oh, my ears are ringing at night, but I, I don't know. I, I kind of enjoyed it. Like, <laughs> you know, you, you just sort of get used to it. It, it sounds like uh, when they're all honking, it sounds like sort of the 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 honk of a giant train coming. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of fun. And you see guys revving their trucks and whatnot. But in the media, there's there's been allegations of racism, uh, homophobia, this story going around that they ransacked some soup kitchen or stole soup from some soup kitchen that residents are upset, the mm-hmm. businesses are all terrified. It's all garbage. There's no racism. I mean, there's there's a African-American Canadian guy from Nova Scotia sitting right there in his semi-truck, part of the crowd. There's Asian reporters and, you know, obviously in um, – in Ontario, the dominant quote unquote skin color is still white. 
Mm-hmm. Are we supposed to apologize for that? No. So there's a lot of white people there, mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's not just white people there. <laughs> and um, you, you do have the F Trudeau signs everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. We, we don't condone that. Okay. I got to stop you for a second. Okay. You took a video, a live video in front of a pickup truck and you're like, oh, this truck's kind of neat. Look, he took his tires off. And everybody I talked to that watched the video <laughs> is like, Aaron, the truck says F Trudeau on it. <laughs> and you're just like, look, check out the tires are off. <laughs> You know what? I didn't even pay attention to that. Like I, some somebody sent me a snotty message. Oh, this is wrong for you as a pastor to be posting videos after. I'm like, okay, we're dealing with godless people, non Christians. They're protesting. Mm-hmm. Like, put your, uh, you know, your your what's what's the word I'm searching for? Your um, priorities, san- sanctimonious, yeah. pious, homebody do nothing Christianity aside and chill out for a bit. We're, mm-hmm. we're dealing with truckers. So if you're going to listen to my buddy Joe Boot speak to cultural issues, he's going to be very philosophical, very historical, very detailed. You listen to guys like me, you know, I try to provide like the pastoral dimension, the practical dimension. You get down to a trucker. These guys aren't preachers. They're not Christian philosophers. They just tell the prime minister to bleep off, right? Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> Do I agree with that language? No, I don't use that word. Mm-hmm. That's not part of my vocabulary. The last, t- last time I used that word, I was a punk 11-year-old hanging out with one of my friends. I don't use that language. I'm not saying I condone it. Mm-hmm. But what am I supposed to do? Go around and take video and you know blot out every sign or every message that I don't agree with? Um, so I, Christians are in, an interesting group because sometimes people, they're so pious. It's like they... They can't handle being exposed to anything in the world. Mm-hmm. It just throws them off. You know, it's like, well, could you just go up there and take videos of people worshiping and praying and people coming to faith in Jesus Christ? Um, no, I'm going to take videos of the reality of the circumstances and the situation. And I don't need to throw my Christianity away to interact with non-believers. Mm-hmm. So you you do have that. Now, there's a lot of Christians there mm-hmm. that. There's Christian signs. I put some posts out. There's verses written everywhere. There's giant signs with verses on it. So there's all that kind of stuff going on. So people are crass in their language. Mm-hmm. You know, the one one guy that was on the stage there, he kind of called Justin Trudeau a name and then immediately said, and now we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer. And I just thought, wow, what a contrast. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> but in terms of racism, no, like this is ridiculous. This is just people like our prime minister and legacy media collecting up all of the uh, allegations they can possibly collect. And this is what's important for people to understand. Tyrants and evil people like the prime minister and the legacy media folks, they, they're, they're participating in evil. Okay? They're, they have no problem with violating all sorts of freedoms and all sorts of God's laws. And when they're confronted, what they do, this is their tactic. This is really important to understand. They try to get up on their pulpits. They mm-hmm. try to take the moral high ground and speak down to you to force you to position yourself in a, in a place of apology. So then if 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 I say to you, Chris, you're a racist, you're, you hate black people, you're, you're homophobic, you're Islamophobic, you're like, no, 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 I'm not. I'm, I'm not a racist. I'm not, I'm not homophobic. I don't, I don't hate black people. And then I have you. I have mm-hmm. you by the throat because mm-hmm. now you're apologizing for me to me. And the fact that you're defending yourself positions me as on on the moral high ground. Mm-hmm. And 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 you're the guy that's in the defensive position, and I'm in the offensive position. Mm-hmm. So this is a common tactic. So we can't take their bait. 
But I'm just telling people straight up, if you believe that I'm a Christian and if you believe that I'm a preacher of God's word, I can tell you 100%, I didn't see any racism at all. I did not see the homophobia. Like there wasn't even any discussion about that. It was completely irrelevant to the circumstances, even though the the, the mayor of Ottawa, who happens to be a, a homosexual, he posted some on his Twitter account a few days ago. He he reposted a statement from some gay pride group in the Ottawa area, basically saying that gays and lesbians feel really uncomfortable with the protest and feel, I don't know what his language was, but basically threatened. Mm-hmm. I'm like, guys, you're, you're just making, you're literally making this up. Yeah. Frankly, even if you believe in those movements, right? Even mm-hmm. if you were, let, let's say you're part of the pride movement, you're actually just undermining your movement because it's clear there, there's, you're making, you're fabricating yep. threats and you're fabricating stories to uh, attack other groups that you perceive to be opposed to who you are. I was talking to one trucker who's who's not a Christian. He's like, I'm, I'm not opposed to, I don't, I don't care how people live in terms of their sexual ethics. That's not what I'm about. I'm opposed to mandates, mm-hmm. right? So um, biz- most of the businesses downtown look to be closed. Okay, this is fascinating, okay? I, I noticed that every every Starbucks that I walked by was closed and every Tim Hortons that I walked by was open. Interesting. Was the Tim Hortons serving truckers? Oh, yeah. Okay. We, you, you could go in there unmasked. They wouldn't say anything. You could get your, your food. There was a couple. That, but I thought to myself, you know, Starbucks is known mm-hmm. to be a left-leaning organization that tends to jump on all these leftist woke bandwagons and Tim Hortons tends to stay out of that. So I just thought it was a fascinating observation that a a coffee company that's known to be woke slams all their doors shut and won't serve anybody. But Tim Hortons, who tends to appeal more to the the average man, there's like, yeah, whatever. You want coffee, we'll give you coffee. You Mm -hmm. want your bagel, we'll give you a bagel. I'm not promoting one company over the other. I didn't go to Tim Hortons when they were practicing vax mandates. Mm -hmm. Didn't spend a dime there. Um, so they have some accounting to do, but it was just interesting to me that uh, a lot of these stores were closed for no reason. Mm-hmm. People are peaceful. The um, the streets in the downtown core were mostly empty, except in the areas where there was uh, trucks. What did ha- the reality is um, good? F- uh, actually, a fellow that goes to my my church, his, I met his parents there, and he has a truck on site. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian guy and someone, some counter protester came in the night and spray painted on his truck. And so that, that happened to a, a, a few trucks from what I understand. And then there was a video on Twitter this morning of a counter protester coming and throwing eggs at the truckers. So the only thing I have heard about is actually the counter protesters causing problems. I haven't actually heard the protesters mm-hmm. causing problems. And then some have said, oh, what about like honking of horns? Well, <laughs> look, they're at a protest. That's why they're there. If you live in the na- if you choose to live in the nation's capital, then you choose to live in the hometown that all Canadians can call home. It's not your city. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're in London or Hamilton. If you live in the nation's capital, it's our city. It's as much my home as it is a resident's home. The protests are primarily limited to the downtown core, not in residential areas. Um, but the truckers told us that they blow their horns from eight to eight, but I would say realistically, it's more like nine, nine thirty to about nine. Okay. So, but I didn't, 
But then through the night, they're not blowing their horns. No, so. I never, I mean, I wasn't there, you know, we'd leave by nine, by, by nine or so. I wasn't the odd toot here and there, but mm -hmm. I didn't hear that. So it's not like they're blowing the horns all night. And then we would get there maybe eight thirty nine in the mornings and they hadn't really started up yet. Hmm. They were still you know, making breakfast and, you know, sweeping off snow or whatever. So yeah. the idea that the um, protesters are making life miserable. And as soon as you get outside of the downtown core, which is where 99.999% of the people live, you don't even, you don't even hear it. Can't even hear it. Um, one thing I will say, Chris, going there and listening to the media and then watching what's going on, this is w literally 100% a culture war. Mm -hmm. You don't even hear the health officials talking about the efficacy of the virus or maskless protesters or this kind of stuff. It's all, they collect up all this woke garbage, the racial rhetoric, mm -hmm. <clears throat> the BLM rhetoric, the um, homophobic rhetoric, the trans rhetoric, the, the Islamophobic rhetoric, and they just they just start th throwing them at people who are pro-liberty. Mm. Because what's interesting about like the trans movements and and uh, the homophobe ho um, the LGBTQ movement is they actually want liberty too, but they want liberty to do evil. Mm -hmm. We want liberty to do good, to raise our families, to be able to work. So when people who want liberty to do evil see that people who want liberty to do good are speaking out, that's when they attack. And they try to make you look like you're anarchists, you are despicable people, you're terrorists. And that's an absolute load. Mm -hmm. It's it's absolute garbage. So that's kind of what we observe. Obviously, things could change in the weekend, but I was there for three days and that is the honest truth of what we uh, observed during our time in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. That's super helpful. And I know following your live videos and watching what's going on, as well as reading the uh, the newspaper, it is, it's just polar opposites. And yeah. I, I don't have just your firsthand uh, witness account. I have lots of different people that are downtown Ottawa that have uh, been sharing. So that's very helpful. And I think helps to adjust the narrative uh, of what's going on. Now, there have been reports very clearly of residents in the city that are upset with the sound. Uh, they want protesters to go home. Certainly there's people online saying that, the mayor saying it. You've made your point, time to go home. Uh, what's your thoughts on their concerns? Well, for starters, the protesters aren't going home. They're not going home. And the counter-protesters are just going to fuel the protesters. So I hope counter-protesters do come because they're just going to fuel the protest even more. And when the mayor and counselors put out ridiculous statements telling Canadians in their capital city to go home. Isn't there a, an obvious discrepancy there? As I mentioned earlier, Ottawa is as much my city. It's as much your city. It is as much the city of someone from Alberta or Prince Edward Island or Newfoundland. It's as much their city as it is someone who lives there. If you choose to live in the capital city of a country, you are sharing that city with every other Canadian. So when you say to a Canadian who is in his or her capital city, mm -hmm. go home, it's like, what are you talking about? This is my home. Meaning that this is the, this is the capital of our nation. Yep. And if I want to stand in front of my parliament buildings and protest the, the policies of my government, don't tell me to go home. I actually had a verbal altercation with a young protester, 
counter protester that was there and he was holding up a sign that had kind of a crass word on it. Um, I won't say what it is, but he was having a crass derogatory word toward the truckers. And in the back it said, you know, if you want this to end, get vaxxed. And then he had this thing and they're like, go home. And I said, hey, young man, do you, do you realize that this is our home? It's like, well, you don't live here. I said, no, this is our home. Mm-hmm. This is our capital city. We have a right to be here. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of a little bit shocked. And then I reminded him he wasn't wearing his mask, which was kind of fun. <laughs> he had it under his chin. So there's- Did he pull it up? No, he didn't. Because no, okay. he, he's a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's probably pay, being paid 50 bucks an hour or something like that. I, I honestly, I, I didn't used to believe this kind of stuff, but these, these lone rangers that come with Confederate flags- Th- th- these are not these are not part of the truckers convoy. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. This guy that was in the in the crowd with a full face mask on with mm-hmm. the Confederate flag. Nobody's wearing face masks there. Mm-hmm. He's got his full face mask on where he's con- his Confederate flag. The truckers booed him out of the crowd and he took off. Mm-hmm. These are plants. These are these are nut jobs from the area that are coming in to try to make the protesters look bad. Mm-hmm. But it's being exposed. Honest people. If you listen to CBC or CTV, you're just going to get lied to. You're being duped. Mm-hmm. But if you actually go, you'll see that they're lying. Mm-hmm. And that they, these people that come that pretend they're part of the protest, are they're not part of the protest. So, again, most of it's contained within the downtown core or has been pushed out onto um, streets where there's, there's no residents. So I'm not really sure what people are uh, complaining about. But let's say – the whole city was filled with horn, filled with horns. Oh well, blame the state. Mm-hmm. Call your MP, call the mayor, call the councilor. Say, end this, end these mandates. So if you don't like the horns, don't tell people that have lost their jobs and tra- traveled halfway across the country to protest to go home. They they don't do that with other kinds of protests. Mm-hmm. Join together with your fellow Canadians and end the mandates. You benefit from that. Mm-hmm. If you like how, how could someone who believes that the vaccines are the way out and who's got all their vaccines not possibly see that they should be standing with the truckers to end the mandates? If you got your vaccine, okay. As far as you're concerned, you're fine. So let's end the mandates. Let's, let's get back to normal. But what it actually shows, these people that are complaining, and I think it's a small group because most of Ottawa, I don't think, really cares that much. Mm-hmm. Although I will say it's it's the most masked city I've ever been in during the pandemic. Hmm. I mean, there's people, now it might be because it's cold and people just want to keep their faces yeah, yeah. warm, but because the, a, a large portion of the population is in is uh, part of the government, yeah. um, which reminds me, I got to tell you a, a cool story about a government guy. But um, because a large part of people are part of the, a large number of people are part of the government, they, they're wearing the masks. But I think it shows the selfishness of some residents of Ottawa who are unconcerned about the plight of people that have lost their jobs. Mm-hmm. One guy said, I will bankrupt my company being here. Another guy I talked to from the Niagara area, he had to sell his truck. He's out of work. He had his pickup truck there with writing on it. He says, if I lose my business, I'm just, I'm going to move to rural Alberta or something like that. Hmm. So anyway, a real yeah. quick story. So we, I interviewed this guy. He was kind of standing out front of the, the main gates to parliament, the parliament lawn. And he was talking, his sign was kind of challenging the vaccine. He thinks the vaccine's dangerous. So I said, well, tell me your story. He says, well, I actually work in parliament and I go to my, 
I don't know what his job is. I didn't ask him, but he he's a staff member of some sort in parliament. And uh, once his shift ends, he comes out and he protests and he holds up the sign. And he said, the reason why I'm here is because I was required to get my two vaxes. And ever since I've been riddled with hives and all sorts of health issues. Hmm. So he wanted to kind of protest the fact that he felt coerced and manipulated into being vaccinated and has suffered some health challenges since then. Right. So I thought that was just kind of interesting. Here's a guy who sort of by day, yeah. I, it, it, I think he works like an early day shift because I was talking to him, I think it was early afternoon, but he he literally works in parliament and then comes out and protests um, uh, after that. So he's a resident of Ottawa, obviously, that's fully on board with the protest. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Man, makes me want to be there. So this is a good thing. <laughs> well, you should have come. I did invite you, but you had other priorities, doing right. your hair, laundry, <laughs> doing your nails. You know. Yeah. Everybody that knows me, that, yeah. that's exactly <laughs> exactly what I was up to. Well, maybe yet. Um, okay. So one of the things we do have coming at us, uh, many Christians are saying things like, you know, protesting isn't right and that we yeah. should just preach the gospel. How many times have we heard that? Yeah. Um, even, you know, comments like, you know, if they put all the energy and money that they put into the truckers convoy into right. sharing the gospel, we'd see transformation. Uh, so how would you respond to that? And what opportunities for ministry are there in Ottawa right now? Yeah, I could, I could be a little sarcastic about that because I did, someone did send me a message from an Ontario pastor that said something like, you know, if people put as much time into preaching the gospel as protesting, we could kind of change the world. And I thought, I was tempted in my carnality to put out a tweet that would say something like, well, if, if you'd put as much time into preaching the gospel as enforcing mask mandates and, and vaccination. vaccinations <laughs> on behalf of the government, you know, many more people would have been blessed too. So it's, it's all about where you want to, put your priorities, right? Mm -hmm. um, by the way, I think there's a lot of guilt going on. There's conviction going on and a lot of pastors that are still resisting the obvious. They're not, and they're getting angry because mm -hmm. they're being exposed. And the reality is at this point, if, you're, if you don't see that this is really not about a health threat fundamentally, there is a health threat out there, but the government's response, and especially Trudeau's mm -hmm. response the last few days, if you don't see by now that this is a full-on attack against Western civilization, against liberty, against the Christian church, you are a very, very ignorant man, and you need to resign mm -hmm. because it's so obvious that there's wickedness and evil taking place on all levels of government, and men that are supposed to be a moral voice in the darkness are still trying to justify their view. And they're either really stupid men or they, they're, they know the truth, but they're too afraid to actually stand for the truth because they've already dug themselves in so deeply and, or painted themselves into a corner. Mm -hmm. But um, I, would, I would give several responses to Christians that would say, well, we shouldn't be protesting. First of all, if you're a protestant, <laughs> you come from a tradition that protests bad doctrine, state tyranny, all sorts of horrible things. So intrinsic within the word Protestant is protest. So we, we're free and clear to protest something. Mm -hmm. So what are the kind of things that we should be protesting? Well, just take, take your cue from the prophets. Take your cue from Jesus. Jesus wasn't just calling people out for adulterous thoughts and lying he was calling people to stand for justice, 
the prophets called people to speak out on behalf of the widow and the orphan. So if someone is starving, not necessarily spiritually lost or spiritually found, but someone who's without food, you have a responsibility to step in and help. Someone has lost their husband in war, you have a responsibility to step in and help. The down, the, the, the poor, every Christian loves the idea of a soup kitchen. But for some reason, if the soup kitchen is is filled with people that chose not to be vaccinated, that got their job, suddenly we're not serving them soup anymore. This is kind of the, I'm using that as an analogy, but it's kind of the idea that, that the Christian church should remain silent in the face of injustice is disgusting. People have lost their jobs. People ha- are struggling with, with what we would call mental health issues. People are anxious and stressed out. If you're not aware of this, you're not pastoring your church very well. Mm-hmm. You're certainly not interacting with very many people. Also, we correct lies. I mean, why wouldn't you call out your elected officials if they're falsely accusing people of racism that aren't racist? Or all these other all these other words they throw out there to, to attack. But fundamentally, we need to understand the gospel is not just about escaping heaven. Too many evangelical Christians have this notion that the gospel— the gospel is just about getting converted, getting justified, and being ready for when Jesus comes back and getting to heaven. This is a truncated view of the gospel. You know, in the Lord's Prayer, we pray that your kingdom would come on earth. Your values, your reign, your rule, that's what that means, would be recognized on earth mm-hmm. as it is in heaven. In Colossians 1.18, it talks about Christ, you know, and the authority that he has over all the thrones, principalities, and powers. So why would you not? Every nation is going to be ruled by some king. Why would you? I don't understand this. Why would a Christian not want to promote the lordship of a benevolent, loving king over culture and creation to a world that has tyrant kings, mm-hmm. that has people that do, that have people ruling that that bring injustice, that murder babies, that... Uh, you know, in the womb that put old people to death, that destroy young lives by allowing prepubescent teens to go through gender transition treatments. Like, how could you possibly be a Christian and a pastor and be silent in the face of these things and just sort of pompously and piously put out these tweets that say things like, well, the gospel is just about getting people to heaven. Like, are you kidding me? What Bible are you possibly reading? Mm-hmm. We the, all, the other thing is, if you're interested in leading people to Christ and seeing people converted, well, even if you don't agree with the F. Trudeau signs, and that just offends you to your core, go there and just converse with people mm-hmm. and have conversations with people. We had the opportunity to share Christ. I was walking by, I think you saw that video where I, I was able to kind of address the crowds. Yep. So I didn't go there with any plan. I had no plan. I didn't know. I'm like, oh, you know, who am I? I'm just going to go there. It's their protest. I want to support it. I don't know if there'll be formal ministry opportunities or not. I was just walking by the platform. I saw a guy holding the camera. He kind of motioned to me. He has a, his own little media company. He talked to the organizer. They got me up on the stage and I just kind of did my thing, yep. right? And I had like four and a half minutes or whatever it was to address the crowds, but that was an encouragement to people. And I was able to proclaim the Lordship of Christ over creation and call out statism and tyranny. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, we got we were chatting with a Romanian guy on the street who's a trucker that grew up in communist Romania. And he's like, you know, people deny that this is communism all the time, but he's like, this is 
these patterns of behavior in Canada, this is the exact same stuff we saw under communism. Mm -hmm. Take it from people that actually lived under it. And they all agree, this this is the stuff that we saw in the communist countries we came from. How, but Canadians, they don't seem to understand that. Like, it's unless your name's Stalin or, uh, uh, you know, you're literally showing up with a People's Party hat from communist China. They don't, they don't seem to get what actually is happening, but we're hearing firsthand from people. So anyway, yeah, I had the opportunity yeah. to, to, to share Christ with, with uh, these people. You know, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 16, it also says, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as mm-hmm. servants of God. And so again, what I want people to understand is we're not fighting for liberty just so we can get our rights back and go on our merry way. There was a church in Leamington last week that put some ridiculous statement on their sign, like if you know we shouldn't be concerned about. Um, yeah, Lord, uh, help us to be more concerned about our responsibilities than our rights. Yeah, so it's like, well, do you think we're fighting for liberty just so that we can go to restaurants? Like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Are you that dense? Do you think that's what we're doing? No, liberty. We have liberty in Christ. We have freedom to make decisions. We have liberty to 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 make choices pertaining to the stewardship of our lives under God. Yep. And we want to exercise our liberty to raise our children for Christ, to feed the poor, to be generous, to preach the gospel, etc. We want to use our liberty to do good. Yep. Evildoers want to use their liberty to do bad. So we fight for liberty, not just to get our rights back, but to position ourselves to preach the gospel, to bless the nations. So um, it it real there there are really are many reasons for Christians to go. I would encourage every Christian who can go to go. You know, go during the week if you're committed to things on weekends. Go during the weekends if you're committed to things during the week. But Chris, one of the things I noticed, I was talking to my brother about this, is you know when I was walking around the downtown core, inevitably you you see various historic Christian churches. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also walked across the bridge and into Quebec, and you can see the historic churches there and whatnot. And um, they're closed. Mm-hmm. Many of them don't even have the snow shoveled off the front steps. You know, they're those churches with like the steep stairs yeah. and the big doors. And I thought to myself, even though those are mostly liberal churches that probably don't preach the gospel even under on the best of days, they symbolize to the watching world the Christian history of our nation. And the average trucker that doesn't go to church assumes these are Christian people, right? Yep. And they're closed. So yep. here you have these symbols, these edifices of historic Christianity. The doors are slammed shut as people that are outside are being called racist and homophobes by their prime minister mm-hmm. and who have lost their jobs, who are in despair, who can't feed their families, who feel that they're not being heard. And the Christian church has their doors slammed shut. And I thought, this is sort of a uh, a sad picture, I guess you could say, of how, how many churches are indifferent to the suffering and tyranny that's going on in our world or are opposed to what's going on, or actually opposing the efforts of the truckers. To what end? Mm-hmm. To what end? Like let's let's be let's be honest. Even if you think the vaccine is the way out of the pandemic, and clearly it's not. I mean, clear clearly it's not. You got a guy, 
You get a guy that's running the country that's triple vaxxed and that has an, had a negative test in his hand that was still in hiding. Mm-hmm. Now he's tested positive. Mm-hmm. And he's not sick apparently, but he's still in hiding. So if you actually think that getting your third vax is going to give you your li- liberty back, how, how how can you possibly say that when your your prime minister doesn't even afford himself liberty to go outside the house? Now, it's all virtue signaling, I believe, but doesn't afford himself liberty to go outside the house when he's supposed to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And in this mindless world, the best argument people come up with is, well, you need to get vaccinated to protect me. Really? So I need to get vaccinated to protect you because you're vaccinated. Where's the science there? Or you're upset that I'm not wearing a mask, but you're wearing a mask. Well, if the mask protects you, why do you care if I'm wearing a mask? So it's intellectual nonsense. But the point I really wanted to make is that the church as a whole, with many exceptions, has failed the nation. Mm-hmm. And these men, many of whom, you know, I, I love them. I can't say I like a lot of them right now. I'll be honest. I'm not liking them, not liking their comments, not liking what they're doing, but I do love them. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I wish they would repent. I, I wanted to say to them, look, you don't, you don't need to agree with Aaron Rock. You don't need to agree with Joe Boo. You don't need to agree with Jacob Rayum. You don't need to agree with Mike Teeson. You don't need to agree with James Coates or Tim Stevens or these other pastors that have stood up. You don't need to be their best friends. You don't need to even like us. You don't need to appreciate our personalities. But step back and just ask yourself this simple question. How can you possibly justify the perversion, the wickedness, the lies, the false promises that are coming out of the health units and all levels of government, Mm -hmm. how can you possibly continue to support that without saying a peep about it and be openly attacking those of us that have stood for liberty and taken all sorts of fines and been harassed and vandalized so you can open your church so you can continue to minister to your people. You need to smarten up. These pastors need to smarten up. They need to grow up. Stop acting like children. Mm-hmm. They need to smarten up. They need to get their acts together or they need to resign and allow other godly men to take over the, the pastorates of their churches. Enough is enough. And these pastors and Christians that are out there, if they don't smarten up soon, they're going to be exposing themselves as potentially as unbelievers or apostates Mm -hmm. because it's very clear that we're fighting evil right now uh, of the highest order. People's lives are being damaged by it. People's businesses are being destroyed by it. People are being robbed of the opportunity to worship. We also have hard evidence that thousands of Christians have left the church. They're not even coming back. Yeah. This is why all the statist churches are putting out these videos. Oh, a couple guys joking. Hey, why don't you come back to church? We're open again. We don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Churches that have stood up, our, our problem is trying to fill, trying to find enough seats. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to refill the baptistry with enough water because there's so many people getting baptized in it. They take five gallons with them every time <laughs> they step out of the tank. So smarten up, guys. Do your job. Your job is to represent Christ, not just behind the pulpit, but into culture. So it, it, it really upsets me when I see how dramatically many in the Christian church have failed, mm-hmm. not only their own congregants, but are now failing their fellow citizens, lost people mm-hmm. that need a word of hope. You're failing them. You're a failure. Mm-hmm. And the solution is to repent and start to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was thinking about that a lot this week and thinking even we all 
fall in many ways. Um, and even the disciples closest to Christ fell. And when they come back, they were convicted of sin. And there's kind of the different approaches, right? You take the Judas and the Peter, and the one feels some measure of remorse over it and just decides to end it all. And, you know, symbolically, obviously suicide, but could in the pastoral, th- in the pastoral ministry just be like, I am done with pastoral ministry. And they walk away from it. But then there's the Peter that's convicted over sin. And basically Jesus comes back to him and says three times, do you love me? And that's the question I think a lot of pastors need to just ask themselves. Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? If you do feed his sheep, get back in the ring, repent of your sins and get back at it. Well, Chris, you know, we, we all have shame in our lives. You know, you, I, I can think of so many things I've done and said and participated in all over the years. I'm like, what was I thinking? What a fool I was. Why, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why did I participate in that? But repentance is a beautiful thing, and it's humbling. But if, if you're the leader of your church, if you're a leader of the local church, and for, for the sake of saving face, you're actually promoting a lie, that's a, that's a disgraceful thing. You, you've disqualified yourself from ministry. Mm-hmm. You're not above reproach anymore. This notion that the gospel, like read your Bible, the notion that the gospel is strictly about getting born again and getting all ready for heaven. And in the meanwhile, allowing people to tell blatant lies in public that destroy people's lives, people to coerce and manipulate. Hey, you know, at the end of the day, let's, let's just say, for example, you're one of those virtue signaling pastors that's got your first dose and your second dose and the third dose. And if you have, we all know that everybody knows about it because you keep telling people, okay, let's let's just say for a moment you're right and everybody should get vaccinated. Well, the reality is people aren't going to get vaccinated. There's going to be a lot of people that aren't going to get vaccinated. Did you hear that? They're not going to get vaccinated. You can imprison them. You could put them up against a wall. You could put a bullet through their head. They're not getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So continuing to say, get vax, get vax, get vax. This is the way out. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You just need to realize that it's not going to happen. There's always always going to be a group of people that are going to say, no, whether they are right or wrong, Mm -hmm. history will tell. The issue is not about that, though. That's not what we should be fighting fundamentally about, vaccines. That's not fundamentally what we should be fighting about. We have to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. I think it's good to provide principled guidance to your people on that. But that's not fundamentally what this is about. The notion that we can have a, a prime minister and Ottawa councillors and mayors telling blatant lies, yep. fal- false. Doesn't the Bible say something about bearing false witness? Telling blatant lies, falsely accuse, accusing people that have a different viewpoint of all these terrible sins, and then continuing to lie about even how we get out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then blocking the Christian church from preaching the gospel. Look at the Christian churches that have stood up. They don't have a bunch of caskets stacked out front of their buildings. They've just seen souls come to faith in Jesus Christ. They've borne fruit. So put down your hatchet, put aside your stupidity, repent of your transgressions. You have failed your people and get back in the saddle. Call your people to worship. Preach resurrection 
hope. Declare the lordship of Christ over creation. Stop contributing to the fear. Stop contributing to the panic. Stop contributing to the lying. Stop contributing to the bankruptcies. Stop contributing to the destroyed marriages. And do your job. So this is my my plea. And, you know, you may not like my tone. I don't really care. Just listen to the words. Mm-hmm. You may not like my personality. I don't care. Just listen to my words. Get your act together. This is what the Canadian church and the American church needs to do. Get your act together, men. Mm-hmm. And do your job. Proclaim the gospel behind the pulpits, in the public square, and equip your people for the work of the ministry. There's a desperate world out there that's looking to the church for hope Mm -hmm. and for perspective and to tell them the truth. And there's so few voices speaking out. Mm -hmm. If I had an applause uh, (laughs) little thing there, that'd be right there. A couple more questions I wanted to to, uh, bring at you. Okay, so apparently there's more blockades and trucker truckers convoys starting Alberta at the Alberta border at the Alberta border perhaps elsewhere yeah uh, can you bring us up to speed on that some people might not be aware yeah so first of all I haven't been to those other things but I've been to Ottawa so I can tell you what I saw but out in Coots Alberta there's lots of video footage now coming out the Coots Alberta blockade a bunch of trucks and tractors have blocked that um, US Canadian border it's their, it's their protest and they're saying, if you're not going to let us across the border to, li- to deliver our goods and to feed our families, we're not letting you across. So the RCMP, basically, the RCMP have basically come. And of course, the RCMP, like all police forces now, are politicized. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's no, there's no objective police force in Canada anymore, municipal or provincial or federal. They're all um, you know being told what to do by politicians, which shouldn't be the case. There should be like a separation of uh, powers there, but um, the RCMP have threatened to arrest the truckers and the big tractor drivers that have come down and blocked that. And they're just saying, okay, then have at it. So that's kind of a a very interesting event that's sort of shaping up in, um, you know, Alberta. People that are a bit more maybe passive and peace, peace loving in their personalities may find that uncomfortable. Personally, I think it's great. I hope it happens in other borders. It would be a wonderful thing to see a bunch of trucks come and block the one of the largest border crossings in Canada, which is the Ambassador Bridge. You shut that baby down for a day or two, I can guarantee you these mandates will end. Um, well, I can guarantee you as much as I can guarantee you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. So well, who okay. knows what might happen. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't have said that. But yeah. that would really rattle some cages. Yep. And uh, as people stand together and, you know, if, if – uh, People are listening that make that, that, you know, consider that to be sort of an uncomfortable comment. Well, um, I understand that. But right now we, we're we in a major crisis in our nation and extreme times call for extreme measures. And so this would be a good thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't really care if um, law enforcement or politicians take issue with me saying that. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Uh, enough is enough. We've been lied to. We've been manipulated. Uh, our freedoms and liberties have been put on hold for long enough, and we need to uh, to get back to some semblance of normalcy. I've also heard of a queen. There's a Queens Park protest, trucker protest that's being organized for um, uh, for this weekend in uh, in Toronto, Canada. So those are just some other things. I think increasingly you're going to have 
the the truckers in Ottawa, uh, not all of them are going to stay there, obviously, especially when some of them have been pushed into outlying areas where they're really not getting any media attention. And when you go, if you go to Ottawa, you sort of got to search around for these groups anyway, because some of them are like a kilometer away and you can't see them unless you walk down a hill and around a corner and across a couple streets and whatever to see them. So there's lots of things going on and I think it's exciting. We're also hearing reports from other countries around yeah. the world where trucker convoys and different events are being organized where people are pushing back against mandates. So it's interesting. The, the prime minister of Canada calls these people the fringe minority. Mm-hmm. Well, um, they, they might be fringy and a minority in terms of percentages, but these are still thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon tens of thousands of taxpaying Canadians that have had enough. And I happen to think that there's many more silent people that are actually on our side who just maybe are not wired in such a way to come out and say it. Yeah. They're waiting for the narrative to change just enough. (laughs) For them to suddenly say, actually, I agree with this. Right. But the public pressure, right, for people to be quiet is huge. Yeah. And I'll just speak to that. If you you are sort of on our side, so to speak, but you just, you're like, man, I just, I'm just not the kind of person to say it. I get that. The Lord uses different personalities at different times to speak truth. And we need... Those people in our lives are like uber kind and you know, hyper nuanced and, you know, not especially aggressive in their personalities to, you know, help us find balance. Yeah, we need those sweet people around that, you know, make life exciting and, and joyful. But um, if you have it within you to speak out, like just something as simple as using your social media account to repost, to, to repost things that other people are saying. Believe me, it makes a difference. We have to think as incrementalists, little by little. Yep. We chip away at the narrative. We got here by lies, we get out by truth. So this is why I want to do this podcast because I'm just seeing all the lies coming out of the media. And I do know this, even people that don't like me, they know I'm a truth teller. Mm-hmm. Okay, they, they know I'm a truth teller. Even all these pastors that have spoken out against me, they know I'm not a liar. So they'll believe what I say. If I say I went to Ottawa and I didn't see racism and I didn't see misogyny and I didn't see transphobia and all this kind of stuff, they, they'll believe me because they know I have a, I have a, uh, you know, nearly 30 year history as a pastor. I'm not a liar. Mm -hmm. I don't tell lies. doesn't mean I'm always right. right. I may misread a situation, but I'm not a liar. I tell the truth as best as I understand it. And the more of us tell the truth and prove by our lifestyles that we are truth-telling people, that we have a track record of telling people the truth, the more we will sway the narrative. But when you see the prime minister and people like this, they're actually making fools out of themselves because what they're saying up front literally behind the doors of parliament, let's say, of course, I know he's in hiding someplace, but let, let's just say he's speaking from the parliament and he's saying, oh, there's a bunch of racists outside. And then you literally step out and you walk like whatever it is, 800 meters into the crowd. And you're like, actually, I'm not seeing that. You're making yourself out to be a fool. Mm-hmm. So, but he doesn't care about that because he's speaking to the, to the legacy media, the, the CTV and the CBC, literally. They, they, they need to be charged. These people are guilty of uh, slander, of overt lies, they, they're destroying people's lives by willfully and knowingly slandering these truckers, telling lies about what's going on. 
they're being exposed. The average person sitting in their living room uh, might believe what they're saying, but I would challenge you, go there, see what's going on. And if what's going to happen in the next week is anything like what's happened this past week, you're going to be pleasantly surprised by what you see. Mm-hmm. That's good. Hey, one practical question. Um, and I think we have maybe touched on this already a little bit, but some people have expressed concern about aligning themselves with the the trucker convoy because of certain unsavory characters tied to it. Um, like real quick, what would you say to somebody that they're like, well, did you know the organizer, some, he's some racist or whatever else? Well, you know, I think we need to think macro level. We need to think about what what is the battle that we are actually fighting in our nation. We're fighting against tyranny. We're fighting against statism. When soldiers boarded ships and went overseas to fight Hitler in World War II, they didn't have the luxury and liberty of interviewing every other soldier that was going to fight beside them in the trenches and ask questions like, hey, are you a Trinitarian? Are you a Christian? <laughs> are, are you faithful to your wife? Uh, what do you think about people of other skin colors? Um, you know, do you buy into any conspiracy theories? So the reality is there, there always needs to be, um, uh, some co-belligerence yeah, when good. we, when we're fighting broader wars. So in our local church, we can be more narrow and we can police, like, let's say our membership, we can say, look, here's what you have to believe. Here's how you have to be living your, your life. Um, here's what you kind of need to support to be part of our local church. And then that sort of list of requirements is fairly narrow. If you're in maybe a denomination, maybe that circle's a little bit bigger. Once you get out into broader culture and society, you know, I'll stand on the street corner and protest abortion with a Muslim, Hmm. with an atheist, with a Catholic. If they would all show up, I'd be happy to do that. Of course, many of the Catholics do. If I'm at a trucker protest... And there's a bunch of folks out there that are protesting overt, blatant, politicized discrimination against all Canadian citizens. And I, I, and I don't even know if it's true because I don't follow But even if, if the guy happens to have an issue with people of other skin tones or uses the F word or cheats on his wife, I mean, those are things that need to be addressed at some point in his life. But it's kind of irrelevant to the fight that's being fought in the moment. The second thing I would say is if there were some unsavory people or if there are some unsavory people that are leading some of these movements, you know how you can fix that? Get good Christian people to start leading movements. Mm -hmm. But the problem is when you have maybe, you know, five or six pastors in this province and five or six pastors in that province and maybe one or two Christian organizations over here and you know, we're still trying to pastor our churches and raise our families and this kind of thing. And, you know, we don't have time to be at all these protests and to be behind all these movements. So you're going to have Joe Canadian or Joe the American step up and get involved in leading these protests. And some of them are going to be unsavory people. But the idea that you should draw back from some of these protest movements and do nothing is irresponsible. Mm -hmm. So it's, the people that ask these questions are mostly people that are doing nothing mm-hmm. that are just like to throw stones. Yep. So I'll call them out. There's a guy on social media 
that sent me a couple messages this week. And one of them was, you know, why would you have a video with an F. Trudeau sign in it? Okay, it's like, dude, first of all, I'm not trying to promote that word. I'm panning a protest. I'm showing you all kinds of trucks. There's going to be signs in there and things you see. And then the next day, I made a comment about how I had said, you know, they're acute. Trudeau's accusing the truckers of sin, all, all kinds of, every sin under the sun. He's like, well, you need to be more careful with your word. He, words. You didn't, he didn't technically accuse them of every sin under the sun. <laughs> well, right. it's a figure of speech. I'm like, yeah. okay, block. Like if yeah. you're that much of a bonehead yeah. and you're that much of a nitpicker, where are you sitting at your home on your laptop watching what I'm doing mm-hmm. and not really contributing in any way, shape, or form, like, frankly, get a life, a biblical life, a Christian life. Smarten up. I'd say that to them too, smarten up. Yep. And it, so if you're if you're one of those armchair theologians or internet Christians, and the best that you can contribute to the solution is to criticize a Joe Boot video, a Jacob Graham video, some unnuanced unnuanced comment from pastor such and such seriously man like grow up mm-hmm. we're fighting a war right now sometimes it's messy there's a lot of words that are going to go out not all of them are going to be as nuanced as you might want pastors are going to make mistakes or you're going to misread what they're saying how about just show up to the fight and and have take advantage of the opportunities that God has given to us to, to preach the gospel and to speak the truth uh, in a world that is marked by lies. Mm-hmm. Very good. Okay. And finally, I know this is running a little longer than our normal podcast. I think our listeners are still hooked in and want to hear it, but uh, well, they're going to want to hear this. Is the protest effective? Like what are we seeing? What are some hard and tangible results that we're seeing? 100%. It is effective. It is bearing fruit. Political change is happening. You know, we're, we saw the leader, the, the left-leaning leader of the CPC party tossed from his co- from as, as a leader by his caucus this week, Aaron O'Toole. Yep. And very clearly it was connected to his lack of support for the, his delayed lack of support, to be accurate, for the truckers' convoy, among other things. I think the... The, um, I haven't had the opportunity to speak to conservative MPs about this yet, but I think a lot of them, I know some of our local guys, they were taking heat from their constituents because it's like, what's going on here? Like the CPC, the conservative parties is sounding as liberal as the liberals pretty much. Mm-hmm. So I think p- the constituents were fed up with that and they were putting a lot of pressure on the MPs. So he's out. Mm-hmm. We, we're seeing that. I think he's replaced too by a, a, an interim a, an interim leader that yeah. is very vocally supportive Candace of the, Bergen, yeah. the uh, convoy. Right? So we don't know who the – I don't think that she can become the permanent leader. I think if you're the interim, you're not allowed to become okay. the permanent one. But hopefully they find someone that's suitable to that role. Gospel ministry is happening. So again, I had the opportunity to get up and declare to the nation the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to go down the streets and declare the gospel of Jesus Christ and to you know pray with people and to interview people. There were several other street preachers I would see with little little um, sound systems preaching all along the fr- front of uh, Wellington Street along Parliament Hill. Mm-hmm. Christians were showing up with bags of cookies and handing them out. There's a biker's church in Ottawa that's been doing some ministry down there. So this is taking place. Homeless people are 
being fed. This notion that they're stealing from the homeless. There's homeless people in Ottawa, like there is in every city. I had a couple of them come up to me and say, hey, can you give me some money? And I said, do you need some food? Yeah. I said, there's actually tables of food, mm-hmm. tables of food. And one guy's like, oh, well, well, I already got some. I just need money for some other stuff. So a lot of the issues there is addictions, mm-hmm. sadly. They're looking for money, presumably, to buy drugs. But they're not, nobody's robbing from the, this is, this is like a, um, a godsend to the homeless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's all kinds of food available Apparently for to the city workers, too, if the snow is all cleared for them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. The vax tax, the, those fines that yep. um, Quebec threatened to put on the unvaccinated. Those have been dropped. Mm-hmm. So there's Praise pressure the on the Quebec government. government. Uh, Saskatchewan is removing um, the need to prove your uh, proof for the vax mandates. So they've come out and said that. Alberta is discussing the the end of mandates in rural areas and the, you know, the blockades are surely part of that. Mr. Trudeau is still in hiding. You know, he's on his heels. He's just lashing out like a cornered animal threatening and spitting and hissing and throwing lies because he's under pressure. So not only is there gospel ministry happening, not only are there Christians waking up to what's actually going on, not only has the legacy media made themselves look like absolute fools in their coverage of this, but we see actual political change and politics in relationship to moral issues, mm-hmm. right? So we've always said politics isn't morally neutral unless you're talking about whether they pave the road with asphalt or concrete or whether stop signs are round or square or rectangular. Who cares? Those are political things for political people to discuss. But when you're talking about basic human rights and liberties, these are not just political things. These are theological or ideological things. So we're seeing change taking place. And those that think that the truckers are just going to pack up and leave, they got another thing coming. A friend of mine, Pastor Tim, said he was able to go into the command center. He says there's something like 25 people working on laptops in a, in a rented space, the leadership of the convoy that are you know, processing food and shipments. And the police and that are giving them a hard time getting food, food or, or fuel in, for example. Yeah. So the guys are just, they put five or six jerry cans in a cart and they wheel it up the hill. Yep. They fill the trucks. They're not going to go away because you're you're giving them a challenge to get fuel for their trucks. They're not going to go away because you're blaming them for um, snowy sidewalks. They're going to shovel them and salt them. Yep. GoFundMe is causing them endless hassles in terms of accessing their funds. By the way, what a disgraceful organization. Don't use this organization anymore. Let Go GoFundMe go the way of the dodo bird. Mm-hmm. There's other crowd-raising opportunities or direct e-transfers we can give. But these woke organizations are simply responding to public pressure. And when I say public pressure, what I actually mean is woke political pressure. Mm -hmm. So lots of good things are happening. People should go there. I know it's a long drive from Windsor. My audience is a lot bigger than Windsor. But if you have an opportunity, go. Weekends are going to be big during the week. People have said, um, people sent me a couple messages and said, how many people are there? I don't know. It's it's hard to tell. If I were to guess just sort of along Wellington and down some of the side streets at like a low point, I would say I would maybe see a thousand people sort of just mingling around and then maybe at the nighttime kind of there's a couple thousand more just in that little downtown area. Yep. And then on the weekends, apparently it was thousands upon thousands. Mm-hmm. I mean, when the police say there's only 250 people left, that's a lie. 
I mean, we, we had a little song service on the hill yesterday. I didn't go around and count them all, but if I looked at, if I just kind of did a quick scan and I equate that to how many people I, I often preach from, preach in front of on Sunday and sort of divide that up, there's probably, I mean, I would say there's at least 100, maybe 200 people just at that sing song we had. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, if there's only 250 people there as a police are saying, that would be, be almost everybody. And mm-hmm. it's just a, a, a portion of mm-hmm. everybody that's there. So the numbers are going to go up and down. A lot of people have to go home on the weekends and whatnot. But um, there's there's going to be a probably, you know, a solid 1,000, maybe up to 5,000 or more on maybe 10,000, I don't know, on weekends. They're going to come and go. You're going to have, you know, there's there's trucks there that have taken their tires off. They've lace themselves together with cables. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. These people have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Yeah. It's like, you know, I don't have a job. I spent my last bit of money and my last tank of fuel to get here. I don't have a job. I I don't know what else to do with my life. My company's going to go bankrupt anyway. Why would I leave? Mm-hmm. So the the last thing that officials should be doing is sending in the military or amping up police presence. They What every Canadian needs to be urging is for the Prime Minister of Canada to come out of hiding and actually have a meeting with the organizers of these protests and put an end to the mandates. Mm-hmm. Put an end to the mandates. Enough is enough. This has to end. Okay, you've had your two years of stupidity. It has to end. And... Um, the other thing that I would say people need to do is just end the mandates locally. Stop stop abiding by all these ridiculous rules. We already know cloth masks are useless, virtually useless. Mm-hmm. Stop wearing them. Okay, just get rid of them. Speak out. Use your social media. Pray for our prime minister. So we despise his conduct. We despise his message, but we love him as a human being. He is made in the image and likeness of God. The best thing that could happen to him and, and, and other officials is they, they repent, put their faith in Jesus Christ and join the Christian church. That'd be super awesome. So let's not settle for um, you know mediocrity, mediocre Christianity, silent Christianity. Let's speak the truth in love. I hope to be back up there again. Depends what happens in the weekend and with the church. I hope to be back up there again. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I didn't go go for this purpose, but people are like, "Oh, you're like an independent reporter up there." <laughs> <laughs> and like, in, in your yellow jacket you were wearing, you definitely looked official in some capacity, yeah. right? So oh, that was great. My brother brought brought that jacket along because it's actually like a freezer coat. So um, companies uh, like that have big food freezers where they're like minus 50 or something ridiculous or minus 30. That's what workers wear. So I was like as warm as warm could be, man. (laughs) I had no problems whatsoever staying warm, but it actually wasn't that bad. It was only maybe, what was it? Seven or eight or 10 degrees colder than it was in Windsor. So we were pretty comfortable. We'd be out in the streets all day long and Mm -hmm. you didn't feel really worn down or anything. It It was a great time. And I would encourage people to go and just continue to, to speak out and, and to support the, um, protests we'd we'd all like to see life return to a little more normalcy but you know sometimes drastic things have to happen in order for people to wake up i was talking to a lawyer friend when i was up there and he said you know he's like it's it's kind of been 70 years or so since we've had a major world crisis you know world war ii 
And um, this is not the same thing, different circumstances, but we are in a major crisis right now. And free people start to take for granted their yep. liberties and they quickly slide back into slavery. And this is our time to say, no, the slavery ends now. We're not, we're not going to be an, an enslaved people. We, we want our liberties to be able to raise our families and um, worship our God and share the gospel with lost people and live out the values of, of God's kingdom. So it's a great time to be a Christian, Chris, and I, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about what God is doing. He's doing an amazing thing. He's using worms like me and you to make a little bit of a difference and we're excited about that. And, you know, I'd, I'd just, I'd be just as happy to fade back into obscurity, but um, in the meanwhile, I'm, I'm committed to this for the long haul. I'm not, I'm not discouraged really in any way, shape or form. I, I, I'm angered at times by the injustice and what I'm seeing in the world, but more often than not, I'm just kind of excited and riding this wave and, and um, looking to the Lord for direction and, you know, our conviction here has just solidified more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're just seeing God do an amazing thing. So we know we're on the side of truth. There's no, there's no question about that. There's no question at all in my mind that we're on the side of truth. If there is truth in this world, we're on the side of truth in terms of speaking out against tyranny and injustice and statism, the idolatry of the state the um, the injustice that our state is is foisting upon people, the lies that they're speaking. So it's an exciting time to be a Christian and to speak the truth. When the lies are so obvious, the truth shines so much more brightly. Mm -hmm. So we got here by lies, we get up by truth. Let's continue to speak the truth in love, boldly and courageously, and we'll just let God do what God's going to do. Awesome. Well, thank you, reporter Aaron. Appreciate it. <laughs> we'll be looking Coming forward to live from Harvest News. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll be looking forward to uh, any updates you have for us next next week as uh, things continue on. Reminder to our listeners that we are heard on the CJXC Radio Canada's Constant Christian Companion uh, at 11 a.m. on Thursday, Tuesdays, and rebroadcast 11 p.m on Thursdays, as well as on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network's app. You can download that at flfnetwork.org or .com rather. And uh, please also make sure to share this podcast. It's really important if we're getting to combat the lies with truth that this gets out and make sure not just, just share it on one platform, but multiple platforms as uh, Aaron has mentioned in past weeks, diversify your platforms so that we're not canceled. Uh, if they're if we disappear from one platform, you can be absolutely sure we will pop up on another one. Uh, and so make sure of that. And thank you, Aaron. I appreciate your time and for uh, just the insight and the commitment that you've had uh, to getting the truth out and standing for truth. We'll see you all next week at another episode of Leadership Now with Dr. Aaron Rock. <laughs>